Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, showing you the way to becoming a confident teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes feel like events, who understands anatomy, and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into the episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. This is episode 245, and my name is Karen Fabian, and I'm your host. I'm really glad that you're here. Today is the 16th of June, 2023. This episode will go live on the 19th of June. And I would love to know if this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, I'd love to know what drew you to this podcast and what you hope to learn, what you hope to find out, what you hope to discover. So send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. And if you've been listening for more than a couple of episodes, I'd love to know what you think of the show. So send me a message as well and let me know because I'd love to hear from you. It's sort of a a little bit of an isolating experience here when I sit uh, in front of the computer and record these episodes. So it's always nice to hear from from people and hear how they're, you know, how they're enjoying the show. So um, I had a a funny experience this week uh, because someone that I know uh, uses chat GPT, which I'm sure you've heard about. And she used it uh, to try to get some information from it as to topics that interests yoga teachers. And a lot of what came up, I actually don't know what the query was that she put into chat GPT. I think she actually directed it towards a business type topic. And so that did yield a lot of results that fall in the category of yoga business. So I think we sort of started, or she sort of started with that as the, uh, as the query, as the question. And it was kind of cool to see the results come back, you know, keep in mind chat GPT works by basically searching all the content on the internet and returns results based on that. So, you know, in general, if you're using it, just be wary of the results you get and make sure you go through them to make sure that they sound valid and they sound true because it will bring back false information as well. It doesn't have the ability to distinguish between what's not true and what's true. So having said that, it is sort of an interesting tool when you think about what are certain challenges and certain struggles that a particular group of people might have? And so um, in this instance, we were just using it to try to find out what are some business topics that teachers are looking for help on. And so I got a long list of things back. And the really cool thing for me was that there was really nothing that came back in the list that um, surprised me. It's, it's, 
pretty much all of the things that I uh, work with teachers when uh, work with teachers on and help them out with in terms of different topics around growing their business when I work with them one-on-one inside my program. Um, However, I thought it might make for a good conversation to have with you today as a way to give you a preview to how to approach some of these challenges or some of these problems from a business side. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I picked three things that came up in the search, and we're going to focus on these three things. So the first thing is finding and attracting students. The second thing is standing out or differentiating yourself. And the last thing is retaining students. There was a list of about 20 different things. And again, I cover all of these things when you work with me in my program. So I want to just reinforce that because many people think working with me is all about anatomy because that's such a strong piece of what I am passionate about and how I help yoga teachers. But I want you to really know that growing your business is also a big piece of what I help teachers with. And in fact, one of the things I did years ago is I wrote a book on yoga business called Stretched build your yoga business, grow your teaching techniques. And it's half business, half teaching techniques. And I wrote it, it's something you can purchase on Amazon. You can purchase it on my website. If you just go on Amazon and Google my name, you'll pull it up. If you go to my website on the books page, you'll see it. And the reason I wrote that book is because no one was helping me with growing my business. And when I quit my corporate job in 2008, I believe, wait, 2000, yeah, 2008, I believe, I'd have to look back at the calendar, but many, many years ago uh, to teach full time, I did it in a very structured way and in a very transitional way. So I didn't do it abruptly. I didn't do it impulsively. I very much mapped out a plan, but what uh, happened to me was that switching from a corporate lifestyle and salary to teaching yoga full-time was not uh, a wise decision financially because I just could never build up my classes to the point where I could replace my corporate salary. And it wasn't even as if I was trying to replace it. I was just trying to come up with a livable income and I couldn't even do that. So I was putting myself in significant debt month to month and living or supplementing my teaching income with a loan. And it got to the point where I was about $30,000 in debt. And so I had to switch my teaching to part-time and go back to working full-time to dig myself out of that debt. So I wrote the book after I re-emerged as a full-time teacher with my own brand. And there were a lot of specific reasons why I did it that way, especially from a financial perspective. It allowed me to do a lot more that I couldn't do when I was affiliated with a studio system. And a lot of what I was doing was tied to just that studio system. And so the book came out of my experience of digging myself out of debt and building my own brand, differentiating myself, earning a livable income, and creating something that I was passionate about. And so I encourage you to buy that book if you are um, looking for help on the business side of teaching. 
And today I'm going to go over some of the specific topics that I talked about, because I also want to give you something that you can walk away with right now. So before we get into the details of those three specific questions or topics, I want to talk about some higher level things that are part of the yoga business conversation. So the first one is to recognize what you can control and what you can't. So what that means from a business perspective is it's really important for us as teachers to look at a problem and be able to distinguish, is this something that I can have control over and change or not? Or maybe it's just a matter of reframing it. So a perfect example of this is how many people come to your class. You cannot literally control that. You can't control if people come to your class or not. However, there are certain things that you can do that are within your control that will increase the chances that people will come to your class. However, there are other things that are outside your control. If students are not feeling well, if the time of your class is at a time when it's difficult for people to get there, and that just happens to be the class that you got from the studio owner. There are a lot of things that will be outside of your control. That does not mean, though, that you take on a negative mindset and that you are destined to not, for that particular class, have more than two or three people. I taught a 6.30 a.m. class in a very small community studio in Boston for many years, and I never had more than four or five people. And there were sometimes I had one person and it was totally fine. It was just a function of the only people that came to that studio at 6.30 in the morning were people who could walk, were people who could walk there. And there were only so many people in that neighborhood who were interested in taking yoga. And so that was a part of it was outside of my control. And so I didn't worry about that. I taught the best class I could, no matter how many people were there. And I really, really encourage you to do not fret the classes where you have one person. Do not question whether or not you should teach that class. That one person that you teach will be a lifelong student of yours because they'll appreciate that you're teaching the class. And they oftentimes will say to you, oh gosh, you don't need to teach this just for me. And you always want that student to feel comfortable like they are in exactly the right place that they need to be that day. And to just reinforce and encourage them, oh gosh, I am so glad you are here. Let's get started. And just like it's nothing. Um, another way you can approach a class like that is to say, well, oh my God, this is like rock star one-on-one -on -one treatment you're going to get today. What are some questions you have about your practice? Because we have the freedom to really customize this to you. So tell me what are some questions you have or some poses you want to work on. Like think about what an amazing bespoke custom experience that will be for that person and they will just go out and sing your praises to people and that will get more people coming to your classes. So that's what I mean about um, controlling the things you can control. So that's kind of one piece uh, from a higher level that I wanted to talk about. The next thing is confidence. When we as yoga teachers are not confident, it is challenging for us to grow our business because we get into a negative headspace that gets in the way of us taking steps forward. From a business perspective, 
as a yoga teacher, when you're confident, you're able to start something yourself, try something new, let go of something that's not working and not fear that you're not going to be able to fill that slot with something else. You won't worry about putting yourself out there. You won't worry about the kinds of things that teachers who struggle with confidence worry about, and it all directly affects their business. So this is one of the reasons why if you are feeling worried or anxious, fearful people are going to get hurt in your classes. If you teach a class and then ruminate all night about all the things, berating yourself, I could have done this, I could have done that. If you have nervous knots in your stomach, if you stumble over your words, if you practice your entire class with your students because you don't feel comfortable just standing there with all eyes on you, these are all signs that you're not confident. If you worry when another yoga teacher is in your class that they're judging you, if you worry or get upset when someone leaves your class early, these are all signs that you have a confidence problem that needs to be fixed. And it's very difficult as a yoga teacher to grow your business when you've got a confidence problem. So I wanted to be really specific with you about some of the signs that you have a confidence problem so that you don't do what a lot of teachers do, which is brush them off, think that it's going to get better over time and not deal with them. And the other thing I'll say is for many yoga teachers and you listening right now might be this teacher, when you know you have a confidence problem, I think one of the other challenges is where am I supposed to go to get help on this? Because if you think the solution is to enroll in a 300 or 500 hour program, getting more hours is not going to solve the confidence problem. That's why a huge part of my program is the mindset piece. And so if you have a confidence problem, I want you to send me a DM and just say, I've got a confidence problem. And I will chat with you on the phone and give you some tips to get you going. I have a quick training video I can send you with a lot of mindset tips that'll get you going. And then we can talk about if you'd like to hear more about my program and how we can work together more in a one-on-one -on -one way to really fix the problem. And I just want to reinforce with you, things that you ignore will only get worse. They do not get better over time. So confidence is a big part and having confidence is a big part of growing your business. The other piece is not comparing yourself to others. When we look at yoga business topics, things like growing your classes, having students continuing to come back to your classes, charging people for what you do, especially if like you're teaching in your neighborhood or you're teaching your friends and you're afraid to charge people. These are all real topics that I talk about with teachers all over the world all the time. So I know that oftentimes teachers are feeling this imposter syndrome, this who am I to be charging people for my classes? Who am I to be charging over $100 per private? you know, I'm not as good as the other teachers in the studio system I work in. Like these are all ways that we compare ourselves to others. And all it really does is hold us back from growing our business. And I know, let me just say this. The only reason I'm saying the word business is because it's 
really the only word I can use for the topics that I know for the most part, you probably know I'm referring to. Things like what we charge for our classes, having more students in each class, having more classes on our schedule, doing what we love, differentiating ourselves, developing a brand, growing on social media. Like those are all things that fall into the business bucket. And I know that sometimes it sounds a little weird because people sometimes have this concern that teaching yoga or being a yoga teacher is a conflict when you talk about it through the lens of business. But I guess number one, what I would say is I'm only using the word business because that's the easiest word for me to use because I know you know what that means. And I know you know what it means for the most part when we look at it through the lens of being a yoga teacher. The other thing I definitely want to say is there is absolutely nothing wrong with yoga teachers talking about business, growing their business, increasing their rates, charging their neighbors, charging their friends, like all of what we do is of extraordinary value. And when we don't own the value it is, all we do is continue to devalue it and communicate to people that it's not of value. When you go out there and you are afraid to charge for your yoga services, all that does is communicate to the people that you are teaching that anybody can do this, that this is not really valuable, that we're just hanging out, doing a bunch of stretches. And that is not true. When you don't charge, when you're afraid to charge, when you're afraid to talk about yoga business, all of these sorts of things, all you do is drag the whole industry down. And I sort of don't want to lump onto you. I just want to impress upon you that we all as individual yoga teachers are part of this ecosystem of yoga teachers. And it's all part of our responsibility to be crystal clear and articulate about the value that we provide. And part of the way that we communicate our value is in what we charge for our services. So keep in mind, like the shoulders of every yoga teacher is on every yoga, other yoga teacher, especially in times when we say to people, oh no, you don't have to pay me or, oh no, this is going to be free or like all of that just says to the person, I don't value what I do. I'm just going to do this for you for free. So I just wanted to go into a little bit of that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with talking about yoga teaching and business in the same conversation. And I just want to say one little caveat. There is absolutely a time and a place for giving people free service, volunteering, pro bono work, working with nonprofits, working with someone who's economically challenged. There are good reasons for giving yoga services away in a complimentary way. Just know what your reasons are and clearly state them so the person appreciates that the transaction is free because of X reason. Um, I'm not talking about those scenarios and I'm talking about all the other scenarios, the regular kind. So this not comparing yourself to others is a big part of growing your business. 
Because as soon as you get stuck in this mindset of, I'm not as good as this person, I'm not as good as that person, that person has more experience, that person teaches harder classes, that person has more students in their classes. When we get into all of that stuff, all that does is hold us back from growing our business. So I know that it's easy for me to say, just stop comparing yourself to others. I know that that's not enough. What I do know is that when you control your thoughts to the point where you are no longer spending a lot of energy comparing yourself to others, you're going to shift into owning and controlling what you are doing to grow your business. And the feeling of accomplishment and momentum that you have is going to over time, drop that feeling of comparing yourself to other teachers because you are going to be so much in love with what you're doing that it's just not going to bother you anymore. You know, I was talking to a teacher the other day and she was talking about being triggered by certain things when she scrolls her social media that have to do with other yoga teachers and what they're doing. So I encouraged her to unfollow those people, to not look at social media as much, to, you know, stay away from it if it's triggering. Don't torture yourself if certain things make you go into that comparison mindset. There's nothing wrong. It's kind of like, if I don't want to eat sugar, I'm not going to have cookies and cake in the house. And there's nothing wrong with me if I have to take that step. It's just acknowledging that if it's in the house, I'm going to eat it. So if you are triggered by certain things, just disconnect from them, whether it's social media or going to a particular yoga teacher's class, you know, like imagine if you go to a particular yoga teacher's class and you see that that person has 30 people in their class and you're triggered by that. Well, how come I don't have 30 people in my class? Don't go to that person's class anymore. Like, why are you torturing yourself? Put yourself in another class or ask yourself, why am I being triggered by this? And is it possible for me to go and just be a student, just be a student and embrace the yoga practice. And, you know, even maybe put yourself in the front row so that you are not seeing anybody in front of you. You're not really seeing anybody behind you. And you don't really even know how many people are in the class. Maybe you get there early and you just have no idea. And then at the end of class, maybe you're like, okay, I'm noticing how many people are there. But again, do whatever you need to do. There's nothing wrong with it. And it is going to be a transition. If you are really stuck in this comparison mode mindset, it will take some time to loosen your grip to that. So do the things you need to do to help yourself. The other thing I wanted to talk about um, regarding growing your business is you must, you must, you must have pristine, clear communication. So I'm talking about any email you send to a business prospect, any conversation you have with a yoga studio owner, any reaching out you do to um, a potential student, any posting on social media, any, anything. Your word is your brand. And if you didn't think you were a brand, surprise, you're a brand. Even if you aren't on social media, even, you know, whatever it is, if you are an independent yoga teacher and you are currently teaching, you are a brand. Maybe you haven't been doing a lot to build that brand. And I can definitely help you do that. The reality is though, you're a brand and 
everything you say, everything you write needs to be done in a way where if it was on the front page of the New York Times, you could stand behind it. So keep in mind that pristine communication, extraordinary follow-up with people. Like when I respond to people's emails, yoga teachers, they are blown away with how fast I reply back and that I actually do reply back. Sometimes people will say, I can't believe I wrote you on your website. I didn't think I was going to get a response back or I DM'd you. Oh my God, you're replying back. It's really you. It's not a bot. It's not some computer generated response. And I say, no, it's really me. So know that people are watching, people are looking, people are um, really um, excited when you communicate back with them. And as far as how this relates to business, in any conversations you have with people about, you know, working for them, working with them, or starting a program, anything that has to do with business, you just want to be sure that you are highly professional. I can tell you after being in this industry for many, many years, there are a lot of yoga teachers out there who do not pay attention to this piece and it comes across in a very sloppy way. And it can come out in a lot of different ways. So especially when you work for a particular studio owner, that's a person that you really want to impress in terms of the pristine nature of your communication. Um, these are relationships that will serve you going forward when you look for other jobs. Uh, so I think you get the point, just be on top of that. And then the last thing before we get into those three individual topics is integrity. Your integrity, your reputation is so important when you look at yoga teaching through the lens of business. I mean, really through the lens of everything, but here we're having a conversation about business. So that's what I'm talking about. So integrity relates to the prior conversation we had about pristine communication and the need for that. So just remember like showing up for class, not call, I mean, oh my God, when I, can remember over the years, people that called out sick for really no reason and left studio owners in the lurch, not showing up when it was a little bit of snow or a little bit of rain or whatever. You know, I mean, you need to be dependent, dependable. All the things that go into integrity are things like showing up, cleaning up after your classes, doing the check-in if you need to do it, following up on anything that comes up when you're doing check-in and making sure that everything is, is clear to the next person who's going to be at the desk, you know, being there on top, all of these things relate to people looking at you through the lens of that is a yoga teacher who has integrity. They stand, they show up when they're supposed to show up. They do what needs to be done. They engage with their students, all the things I can depend on that teacher. I would recommend that teacher to another studio owner. I'll give that teacher more classes. Like, these are all the things that relate to your integrity. So make no mistake about it. People are watching. This is a big part of you growing your business. So now that I've talked about those five or six high level things, let's get into the three specific things. I'm only going to talk about these briefly because again, these are conversations that really are best had when you and I work together one-on-one -on -one in my program, but I want to give you a lead in to these topics just to kind of get your thoughts going on them. So the first thing is finding and attracting students. So I already mentioned earlier in this episode that you can't control who and how many people come to your class. So if that's the case, then you might say, well, then how am I supposed to attract students to my classes? Well, guess what? The attraction is you, who you are, what you are offering, 
how you show up. Do you show up? Are you dependable? What are you offering people? Are you present? Are you asking them questions? Are you looking at them when you're practicing, when you're teaching, or are you practicing? The Are you using clear cues? Are you providing consistent, solid sequencing, right? Do you see how all of those things are things that you can control? And when you put your energy into the things you can control, guess what? <laughs> You're going to attract people to your classes because your classes are going to be amazing and your students are going to feel seen and heard. When students go to class and the teacher puts their mat sideways and does the whole practice with their class, they don't feel seen. They just sort of accept this is the way this teacher teaches. That is not an engaging teacher. That is a teacher doing their practice that's getting their cues from their practice. Imagine instead you didn't put a mat down and you walked around the room doing what I call the walk and talk approach and you engaged with your students. I'm not saying you have to touch them and assist them. I'm saying you're looking at them. You're changing your cues based upon what you see. You're in close proximity to them so they know that you're looking, right? You're, you're adapting things to what's happening in front of you rather than cueing from your own somatic experience. These are all ways you build your classes and they're things that you can control. So it's sort of frustrating to me when I hear people talk about other things outside of their control in this conversation about finding and attracting students. Because honestly, the, the best way that you will attract students is to be a friendly, open, passionate about yoga, energetic, present teacher. And it's really hard to be that way when you don't have confidence and when you don't have skills, because the teacher who lacks confidence, and we talked about that earlier, is not going to have an easy time engaging with students because they're going to be worried and fearful. Am I being judged? I'm afraid to be seen. A teacher that's not confident is going to most likely practice with their class because they're hiding. A teacher that's not confident is and skilled around cueing and sequencing and understanding anatomy is probably going to struggle with answering student questions and providing clear cues. So I want you to really see how the skills help to build the feeling of confidence. And when you feel confident, this whole other issue of finding and attracting students, it's not even a problem. It's just happening. It's just happening. So that's the first piece there. The second thing is the topic of standing out from other teachers and differentiating yourself. This is really important because there are lots of yoga teachers. And so it's an important exercise for you to start to make a list of what makes you different. I've talked about this on other episodes. What makes you different as a yoga teacher and what lights you up? What do you love to teach? What kinds of things do you love to teach? What kinds of classes, what kinds of music, what kinds of sequencing, what kinds of cues? Really get nitty gritty about what you love and about teaching yoga, what you love in the presentation of it, and what makes you different. And as you start to define that, that becomes the basis for developing your brand. And if 
the word brand freaks you out. Like you're thinking, oh, I'm not a brand. I'm just teaching a little bit on the side. Like, first of all, stop doing that. Stop diluting what you're doing. Stop diluting what you're doing. You are a yoga teacher. You are a brand, even if you're teaching one class a week. Okay, so now that we put that to the side, let's do the exercise. If you want to get on the phone with me and do it with me together, I'm happy to do it. Just send me a DM with the word brand exercise or differentiation, and I'll know what you're talking about. And really do it. Like, don't just listen to this and go, oh, that would be a good thing to do, but I don't want to call Karen because I'm afraid she's going to try to sell me her program. Like, no. Wouldn't you rather get the benefit? Like the reason I say that is because if I could tell you how many yoga teachers I email and offer them opportunities to talk on the phone and they never write me back and I know they're getting the email and it just makes me mental. I'm like, what is so scary about talking to me on the phone? Like not even on Zoom. I just don't get it. If I was a new yoga teacher and an experienced yoga teacher offered me a 15 minute phone call to talk about a problem I was having, I would jump at the chance to do that. I would be like, oh my God, can I talk to you right now? But I honestly have to tell you, it's so rare that somebody agrees to talk to talk on the phone with me. I just don't get it. If that has been your experience with me, can you DM me and tell me why, why you didn't get on the phone with me? Like, honestly, it would really be helpful feedback for me to hear. Um, so anyway, so this differentiation thing, like, I think you get an idea now of kind of where that's all going. The last thing is retaining students. So retaining students and finding students is sort of the same bucket. So all the things I said to the first topic around how to find students and how to re, uh, attract students, all the things around the stuff you can control, all of that goes into the same bucket when we look at how do I retain students with one additional thing, actually two. Two great ways you can retain students is number one, Three things. Stay late after class. Do not run out of the room. Stay. Even if no one is approaching you, stay. You should be the last person leaving the studio room, not the first, and you shouldn't be leaving with your students. You just stay because people are shy and it sometimes takes them time to come up and ask you a question. Number two, hang around. Get there early. Just kind of be available. I don't mean you have to leave be peppering questions to your, peppering your students with questions, but be available. If you see an opportunity to chat with a student, ask them how their practice is going. If you definitely get a question, engage the student. And then the last thing is, um, oh God, what was the last thing? Asking questions, hanging around after class. Oh, invite your students to your next class. At the end of every class, thank them for being there and tell them when you'll be teaching next. And that's a way that you can stick in their brain as to, oh, that's the next time I'm going to show up. Those are ways that you can retain your students. Those are three top line ways you can do it. Okay, so I'm going to end this one for today. I got a little riled up there a couple times. If you've been a listener for a while, you know I can do that. 
I didn't use any expletives today. I had the thought, but I squelched it. Sometimes I curse because it's just, I'm so passionate about all of the things that I talk about here. Um, but I think I kind of held it together pretty good. And um, so we're done for today. Any questions on this episode, please send me a DM on Instagram and any topics for future episodes about yoga business or anything else, please send me uh, those as well on Instagram. And you can just find me there at bare bones yoga. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode next week here on conversations for yoga teachers. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And the fact that you're still here and still listening is not lost on me. So thank you so much. Couple of things. If you have any questions, please contact me. Send me what your questions are directly to my Instagram DM. You can find me there at Bare Bones Yoga. The next thing I hear so much from yoga teachers that they want to be confident. They want to feel more confident. They don't want to have that nervous feeling in their stomach when they get up to teach. They don't want to stumble over their words. They want to create sequences fast and not spend so much time writing out their sequences and practicing their sequences. And they so much want to just walk around the room rather than being tied to the mat and practicing the entire sequence with their class. If any of this hits home for you and you want to develop into a more confident, authentic teacher in the next 30 days, I want you to DM me confident teacher heard it on the podcast, and I will show you exactly how you can get there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.